I do not take that for granted. And I'm so thankful that you are here. Amen. Familiar portions of Scripture. As I said, I read it last week. I want to read it again today and uh, talk some more along them, this theme. And he spake many things unto them in parables. Matthew 13, 3. Saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Everybody say, Sower. When he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell in stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. When the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away, and some fell among thorns. Thorns sprung up and choked them, but others fell on, into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who have ears to hear, let him hear. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Open our hearts, our spirit. Help us to receive what you have for us here today. In Jesus' name, amen. God is good. Last Thursday, I talked about the power of the sown seed. And tonight, I want to talk about the one who sows them seed. I want to talk about the sower. If I to say that again, the sower. And we talked about how much power is in that seed that is sown into the ground. There's so much power in that one seed. You can take one seed, you can plant it, and you can um, have so much growth from that. The guy I work with is, um, I didn't put a garden in. I've said that a few times. And the reason I'm saying that, it saddens me that I didn't put a garden in. I always put a garden in. But um, I didn't this year. But a guy I work with has brought us, brought me some stuff. He asked me about okra. Anybody like okra? It makes somebody hungry. I like okra. And um, he said, have you ever had white okra? I said, never have. And uh, I never heard of it. He said that his grandfather brought it from somewhere or another. And he's been growing it in his garden since uh, 30s or 40s. And every year he keeps um, some of the seeds and just holds them back and plants them back every year. And that's just how the power of the seed works. One seed can continue to produce and make so much. But as much as that seed um, can do, it has no power on the shelf. If it's on the shelf, it's in the drawer, uh, in the package. I've got seeds at the house. Sister Janet, they're still in the package. Some of them, Sister Cheryl's flyer seeds, people's giver, she's bought and some seeds that I've got, they're in, in the drawer. They're not going to do no good in there. Um, as the story I told last week about how the mummy, they found the seeds in the mummy's hand that had been there for, for 4,000 years, they estimate, that the seed didn't do any good in the mummy's hand. Seed, there is power in that seed that is sown in the ground, but God needs us to be a sower of this message of the gospel. This word is powerful. We have to believe that. This thing's powerful. 
There's so much power inside of this word. But it has to be sown inside of a, of a life. Or it loses what it's designed for. And this gospel needs to be shared with this world for our sake here in this area. It needs to be shared in this city. It needs to be shared in the area that we are from. We're from a lot of different places here. Uh, Marion is our base here. This is our base city. It's where the Lord put us here. But we have people coming from different towns. And we need to make sure the seed gets put in the right place. And we got to understand that, yes, there is power in that seed. But God also wants to bring a reward to that person who does sow the seed. The sower. Everybody say the sower. I have, as I've lent, uh, have talked about it, I have sown seed in my little garden, and I have brought great reward from it. We've gotten tomatoes and okra, and we've gotten a few corn out of it. At times, we've gotten uh, peppers, you know, all the general stuff we have in gardens. But, but I've also found that there is a window to when I need to sow the seed. And that is one reason I did not put a garden in this year. I was working a lot of overtime, and I was so tired, I didn't feel like going out there. I talked about that last week. Reasons we don't sow seed is sometimes that we're, we're lazy. I was lazy this year because I was too tired. Didn't feel like uh, putting that garden out. And it kind of passed that time when it's a good planting season. Just kind of bypassed it. That's why we're in farm country here, and when we farm time comes, we can drive, and, and we can see people out, whether it's dark or whatever, they're out planting, because farmers know they've got to sow as quickly as they can. They can't wait and say, well, it's supposed to rain, we, uh, we can't, you know, no, they've got to go do it when they can. And we see that every spring around here, they work until it rains. And once it rains, then it just, they have a lot of hope that I've planted my seed. And now then I'm expecting a, a, a good number of crops at the time of harvest. And the truth of the matter is, most people say that um, when we're talking about the kingdom of God, we think, well, when things get a little better around here, well, I'll start sowing to the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom, it doesn't work like a garden at the house. It's not that way at all. We sow because it's always a good time to sow seed. Then you have a better chance of having harvest. Now, Kentucky, we never know when it's going to snow or when it's going to be hot. Um, how many remember the first part of this uh, spring season? We had the snow and, and had flyers on the ground, and snow sticking out of it, and ice and all that kind of stuff. We're in Kentucky. Somebody says, you don't like the weather? Stick around a day or two. It'll change. So, but in God's economy, it doesn't work like that. And we need to be sowing and putting seed in the ground. God needs us to be sowers. I've said this a few times lately. It's not a problem with the harvest. There is all kinds of people in this city and wherever you're from, and are, are represented to our church, there's people that God wants to save. Amen. But he needs somebody to be the sower. Yeah. But it seems like we spend so much time just eating our own seed. Come 
which is the Word of God. And we need the Word. And if we eat our own seed, we have nothing to sow. And that is, when we just come here, and we had great church Sunday. We, you know, of course, we always want to have more people at church and all that. But we had great church, and I'm not taking nothing away from it. We had a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. We had tongues interpretation. We had a move of the Spirit, and that's absolutely great. That's good church. But us feasting on the Word of God, but we never take what we're getting out of the barn back out there. It's, I want to come in here. I want to have good church. We need to have good church. We need to hear good preaching. But we need to take it out of the barn and get it out in the field. We are the sowers. And, uh, and one reason I've chose to kind of talk about some of this here through, through the midweek is because this is the heart of the church. This is the ones that if, they're gonna, uh, if we're really going to get in here and push something and make this thing become what God wants it to be, it's going to come from here, the heart of the church. We're going to take, because we're going to be the ones who are really, really going to get the word down in our hearts. Because we're hungry enough to show up on a midweek church service and say, I'm not just interested in just the manifestation of what we had on Sunday, but I need more than that. I need the word put inside of my heart in a great big way. And, and then that is that we need to not be satisfied with just getting the word in me. We've got to get the word from me back out in here into the field. And God has called us to be the sower. We've got to remember what I said last week, that we see that it appears to be, it's probably going to fall over. It's making me nervous. It's just water, so it'll be okay. But we seen last week, I talked about two types of seed. Matthew 13, 38, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The tares are the children of the wicked one. The seed, the first seed is the children of the kingdom. That's us. God plants us. All right? He's the sower. Luke 8, 11. Now this, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And Luke, we see that the seed is also the word of God. So both Luke and Matthew refer, we see them, they say that the, the field, the place that the seed is planted is the world. This is the church. This is the barn. This is not the world. We need it in here. But Jesus taught that two things should happen with this seed. The world should be sown with the children of the kingdom. That's us. Those that is born again. By the sower of the seed, which is, it's the church. We should be making sure that we put people in the field, ordained by God. God births us, puts us here, but... As a church, we need to make sure that we are putting people out there that has that other seed, the Word of God inside of them, putting people out there, planting themselves in this world where they can be positioned in a certain place that we can see growth in the kingdom of God. And the world should be sown with the Word of God by us, the seed from the church, so we become the sower of that second seed, which is the Word of God. God plants that Word inside of us. 
He plants us in the field, then we've got to take that word that's inside of us, and we've got to share it with the world. We are to be the sower of the seed of the word of God. The old saying is so true. We are the only Bible some people will ever read. Now, maybe you don't have conversations with people outside of church about church, but it's been, especially since this uh, coronavirus stuff for the last year and a half, there's been a lot of questions about the end time, a lot of questions about the Bible. I was talking to a guy several months ago, and he had no idea there was going to be a mark of the beast. He had no idea that there was going to be some of this stuff going on. And I just sat and talked to him for a little while about it. They don't know. And we should know. And if we don't know, we need to know. And we just can't get this wonderful gospel that saves us. Now, how many thankful? I'm thankful for the gospel. I'm thankful that he saved me. I'm thankful that I'm born again. But I need to be more than just born again. I need to know why I'm born again. I need to know why. Uh, I'll live like I live. And that is that word that's put inside of me. But I can't just hoard that up inside of me. Because they need to know why I have so much hope. I'm talking about those out there in the world. Because, again, the world is the field. And we just can't get this wonderful gospel that saves us and hoard it up in the barn and just only have good church. Jacob was preaching about uh, the name of Jesus being in vain. That would be in vain if we only had church here. We need to share the gospel at Dollar Store. We need to share the gospel at the ballpark. Wherever you may be walking at or wherever you may be uh, shopping at or wherever you may be taking your kids to school or, or you're just you're commuting. What you, we must share this gospel to the world. And I know that's a scary thing. But there's a lot of different ways that we can do that because God has ordained us to be the sower. Now, last week I talked about how the power is in that sown seed. But as much as power is in that sown seed, there's power in the one who sows that seed. I, again, I've got, I've got seeds at the house that's in a drawer. But their power is limited because of the sower. That's me. And if I would go out even now and plant some seeds in the ground, before this year was over, they would be coming up. Because it's inedible. Every year we have a certain spot that we throw out some scraps, you know, and we start buying watermelons and cantaloupes and, and maybe tomatoes that we didn't use. We throw in a certain spot. Even though it's late in the year, guess what's going to happen? Before this year's over and when the yard don't get mowed as much, because when it gets hot and it starts getting burned, I just don't mow as much. <laughs> It'll start coming up. Because somebody became the sower. Listen to what Isaiah said. Isaiah 55, 10 through 13. As the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven... Returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Listen to what he says here. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy, 
and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into the singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. His word that he wants us to sow into this world. Let's not be afraid to sow it because Isaiah tells it, it will not return void. It will accomplish the thing that God is pleasing for it to do. It will prosper in the thing that it was sent. If we will just sow the seed into the ground, we can trust the word to do what it's supposed to do. Amen. And we've got, we must sow the seed of the word of God. There's a scripture in Luke 638 that we use so much for giving, but I think it is so much more broader than giving. Luke 638, given it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give in your bosom. For the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The Living Bible says it this way, for if you give, you will get. Your gift will return to you in full and overflowing measure, pressed down, shaken together, I like this, to make room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use to give, large or small, will be used to measure what is giving back to you. But here's the thing. We won't reap that if we don't sow that. We have to give into the kingdom of God. Yeah, this is, a lot of people use this for, for finances, but... It's not just talking about finances here. It's talking about when we'll take the word of God that's been given to us and we'll sow it back out there. You know what happens? When you begin to teach a Bible study, when you begin to share the gospel with somebody else, all of a sudden God begins to explode. That same word that you're given explodes it back into your own mind and you begin to get revelation about the word of God that you're sharing. Somebody says, I want to know more about the Word of God. Then share the Word of God because this scripture applies to it. Give and it shall be given back to you. So if we'll be willing to share the gospel with somebody else, God's going to share a greater revelation of who He is and His Word back to us. And we've just got to sow. We've just got to sow. And folks, I'm going to tell you, we can look around tonight and realize we need to sow. We can't just sow the word in the barn. It don't grow in a barn. It's where we harvest it and bring it here. You take it into the barn to try to, to separate it and figure out where we're going to take it to. What we're going to do with it. This is what the barn, this is what the church is for. To bring them in and figure out what we have here to be able to harvest from. And it doesn't matter Here's the question. Does it matter where we sow? It would appear in the parable that I read tonight, that I read last week, several places that Jesus says that the seed were sown. It's sown by the wayside. They were sown in the stony ground. They were sown among the thorns. And then they were also sown in the good ground. We know the scripture says that nothing really was produced from the wayside. There really wasn't no growth to come out of the stony ground. And what was planted, um, and where nobody took care of it, the thorns growed up, they choked it out. So whatever was sown there, it began to be choked out. 
In the good ground, though, we see that it brought forth some 60, some 30, some 60, some 100 votes. So it, where we sow matters. But here's the thing that I begin to think about as I thought about this tonight as us being the sower. Where we sow does matter. But here's the other thing that I want to, I want to kind of bring this in to talk about tonight. How we take care of what we planted is where I'm trying to go to tonight. That's what matters. If seeds are sown and not cultivated, it will produce some fruit. But the weeds and grass and thorns, they're going to come. They're going to rob all the nutrients from it. Whatever water, whatever may be a good, it's going to choke it out. Again, I, I hate to be making personal references to this, but it, when I planted gardens, I've had them where I got out there every week, brother, and I, brother David, and I dug, and I, I made sure I got the grass out. I made sure that I took care of it. I watered it. I made sure I took good care of it. And then I have a good garden. Sister Shasta's been other times when I got lazy. And I let the grass grow up. Or didn't take care of it. Didn't get the tomato cages out in time. And they fell over. They broke. And here's the thing. If we come to church and hear the word, it's been sown to bring fruit out of our life. But if it never reaches the heart where it needs to be, and it gets sown by the wayside, then the devil is going to steal it and it doesn't produce any fruit. All right? That stony ground is where the word gets sown. It just gets enough root to last a little while. But when persecutions come, hardship starts hitting, it don't have no root, and it withers and dies and produces no fruit. Here's what I'm wanting to get at today. If we are to be the sower of the word of God, are we an irresponsible sower? I almost called it my title tonight, the irresponsible sower, but I don't want us to be that. I want to concentrate on the, the positive. We need to be the responsible sower. Because we see, sower went out and sowed. We don't know. Jesus doesn't really explain it all out, but we see that the sower went out and sowed, and he sowed in four different types of soils. Was he being irresponsible with what he sowed? Now, I know we got to just throw some seed out there, right? If we don't throw any seed, we're not going to get anything. But I believe that we should strive to be responsible with what we are sowing in our city. Because what good if it is if I go knock on somebody's door, I share the gospel message with them, they come to church, and they even go and they get repent and they get baptized, and nobody ever checks on them ever again. The seed has been sown, but nobody cultivates that ground. Nobody makes sure the weeds are pulled out of their life. Now, I'm not talking about being hard on them, and, and I'm talking about taking the Word of God. I'm talking about teaching them what needs to be, what they really need in their life. And I think this is why these uh, uh, 
these groups we're trying to get going is going to be good because they'll have a community that, that will help them grow in that area. But even beyond that, we've got to do something with this word we've got. We can't just go out there and just throw the seed out because Jesus made a very specific uh, point when he's telling, hey, it fell here, it fell here, and it fell here. But there's only one place that it fell that it really grew. And these four places where the word is sown, three of them shows us that unless the word falls into the good ground and produces fruit, it's going to die. So again, here, here's what I'm trying to get. The sower, I believe, is responsible for the seeds that he plants. We cannot be ir an irresponsible sower that just tosses seed out on the ground and just leaves it there. Now, it doesn't mean we don't sow seed every, every day, everywhere. We need to sow seed every day, everywhere that we're going. But I believe that we should try to cultivate and get the ground ready for the harvest that God has got for us. I don't know how many years ago it was, but several years ago, there's an area, I think that Sister Cheryl has finally figured out where it is. I, I would refer to it as colonial all the time. Call it the old colonial lake and the reason i did my dad used to work right across the road from it and it was the colonial mines i don't know why they called it colonial um but dad worked back in there and they called it the colonial mines across the road there on highway 70 there's there was a lake they called colonial lake now then across from where the lake used to be it's not there they blowed the dam and they've done some other stuff now it's called colonial farm so i don't know i need to do get some research or whatever but the whole point i'm making is when you come through there, there's a whole stretch of land down through there. It was part of the lake. The lake had, uh, something had busted the lake, and it all growed up. There were thickets. There were thickets from one end to the other. And it was just a big old brush thicket all the way down through there. But one day, I happened to notice a dozer showed up. And the dozer began to, um, for weeks and weeks, I don't remember exactly how long it was, but they worked out there. They would... They would take the dozer, would push the trees out of the way, would push the brush out of the way. They kept working that land until finally they had from one end to the other, it turned into this beautiful, uh, green, lush-looking land that you could actually plant on. And I kept wondering, I even made a post on Facebook, what's going on on Highway 7 at the old Colonial Lake area? Nobody knew. But finally, we figured out what it was. Somebody was just clearing it off, cultivating land that looked like it was worthless. It was too thick to hunt on. It was too thick to do, to do anything else on. But somebody went and took the time and cultivated that land. Today, when you drive by there, there are soybeans that's already got about this hall. Beautiful land, beautiful place to grow seed. And the reason I'm saying that, I have been told, especially over the last year, Marion is a hard place to put a church. But I am convinced, especially with the word of God we had here Sunday, with the, the burden I know that some of you folks have for this area, it may be a hard place. But if we can cultivate this place and we can begin to work the ground, because I'm going to tell you, we've thrown a lot of seed in this city. 
I could, I could tell you uh, ballpark numbers of how many people we've seen baptized in Jesus' name, how many people we've seen filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a lot, okay? How many people that's walked through these doors? It's a lot. But you know what else we've also seen? A lot of them's not here today. A lot of them's backslid. A lot of them, you might not would ever say they, ever, they were stuck in the church. This is why I'm talking about what I'm talking about tonight. We have to become responsible sowers that, you know what? I'm not just going to throw seed out. But when I see that seed hit in a good spot and look like it's going to start growing, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to start cultivating that ground. I'm going to start working. I'm going to pull the grass. Every chance I can get to pull the grass out around it without destroying the plant, I'm going to do it. Because there's also another parable that somebody come in and throw tares, right? Just a little bit farther down from the text that I read, you'll see Jesus also tells that, that while a man went out and he, he sowed his garden, but while he slept, and this is why we've got to be careful in sleeping, the enemy came in and threw tares out there. And they said, do you want us to pull the tares out? And here's the thing. Tares, they say that the tares and the wheat almost look identical until they get full grown. As it grows, it's, you start seeing the difference. They said, do you want us to go pull the tares out? And, and the Lord said, no, don't do that because you might also pull the wheat out with it. So we do got to be careful in that, in that essence. But I believe as the sower of the word of God, God has given us responsibility to sow this word. We've got to do what we can to make this as fertile ground as we can. And, and as, we, as this seed, we plant this seed to grow, we, we can't, uh, I believe God wants something thriving here. But as a sower, we have to take responsibility for what God has given us and not just cast it out. Amen. And realize what the scripture says in Galatians 6, 7, and 9. I've been using this on Sunday morning. Be not seed, God's not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. He that soweth his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth of the spirit shall of the spirit reap ever, life everlasting. This verse here, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So, so what does it mean to sow this seed? To sow a seed simply means to plant a seed. And when the word of God is sown, we take this word and we share it with somebody, okay? If God has put it in us, let's share it. Because this is what's going to happen. If we don't share it, the devil is going to try to steal it out of your spirit. And when we share it, and we can tell when it's going in to good ground or when it's going in the bad ground. We can tell that. When it looks like somebody's really taking it, let's, don't be weary in well-doing. Let's sow it into that spirit and let's cultivate it. Let's, let's work with that person. Let, what's that mean? That means let's pray for them, okay? How, how are we going to cultivate this ground? How are we going to work? How are we going to get the stone out of there? He said there was stony ground, but you know what? I believe if we work hard enough, we can get the stones out of the way. And, the pro, and here's the thing that, 
that we need to do. We need to not go to sleep to where the enemy can come in and put them tares in there. We need to stay awake and aware and get this ground ready and get that stony ground, get the stones out of the way, the ones that's got the thorns. Let's do what we can do to get How do we do that? That's by taking the word and letting it get stronger in our heart, by praying and seeking God and fasting. This is how we're going to work the ground. And this is why we're, we're, we're planning on at the first of a, probably the second week of August or so, having some time of fasting and then going into the city and walking the streets and, and praying and just cultivating this ground and fasting and praying over this city and working this ground, praise God. And then we're going to have a youth revival towards the end of the month, praise God. And then we're going to, we're going to hope that these seeds that we've cultivated the ground and the seed that we're planting, that it's going to have a place that's good area for it to come out of the ground. And it's going to take us cultivating, being the responsible sower and not just going to say, oh, pastor says i got to share the gospel. So I says, hey, won't you come to church? And the whole time, they were looking for you, but you just dropped a little seed and you just left it there and walked on. Let's do more than that. If we're shy, we can say, God, help me to get beyond that. Because here's the thing. I heard somebody say this here a while back. They said, God, if people's going to go to hell, if I don't share the gospel with them, Lord, then you've got to help me get out of this backwardness. And we've got to think in this mindset, that if God don't help me get out of the backwardness, then somebody might go to hell because I'm not cultivating the seed that I may plant. And we've got to understand that God wants us to sow the seed. And I want us to sow the seed and cultivate this ground in Marion with prayer, fasting. And, and you know, and when this, we, we're, we get done with this, this fasting and doing this prayer walk and stuff and this revival, we can't stop there. We've got to just keep on doing. The harvest is here. We just need laborers that will sow the seed and take responsibility for the seed. We sow. Then it begins to grow. Being a child of God isn't about what I receive. It's about what I give. Because after all, that's what Jesus done. He gave, right? God so loved the world that he gave. That's why the scripture I read in Luke 6, 38, Give and it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. But he said, for the same measure that you meet with all shall be measured to us again. Listen. Psalms 122, 5 and 6 says, They that sow in tears shall reap, anybody know? In joy. He that goeth forth and weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. All right? What's, what's that mean? He that's going forth weeping, that is somebody who is being responsible for the seed that they're sowing. They're not just carelessly just throwing it out there. Oh, pastor says we gotta, we got to go, uh, we got to invite people to church. No, it's that person who's, who is actually going forth weeping, bearing that seed in their hands. When we do that, it says doubtless shall come again with rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. Hear this verse here one more time. I'm, I'm going to be done here in just a moment. I've done read it. been reading it on Sunday mornings. But Galatians 7, 6, 7, and 10. Be not, be not deceived. 
God's not mocked. For what's where man soweth, that shall he also reap. Listen, if we really sow the seed from our heart into this world, and we really sow it with an intent of heart of being responsible with what we're sowing, he says, for he that's, uh, for what's where man soweth, that shall he reap. We, we really sow it, we're going to get it back. He said, but he, he, he clarifies it with us. He said, for he that soweth in the flesh shall the flesh reap corruption. If we're sowing it for the wrong reason, then we're going to have stones. We're going to have thorns. We're gonna, if we're just doing it just to be doing it, we're going to get that flesh involved, and flesh is going to grow out of that. He said, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. So if our intention is right, we're being responsible with the seed. We're being a responsible sower of the seed. We're going to reap, okay? It's, it's, the, it's the law of reaping and sowing. But here's the thing. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It would seem the only thing that hinders that good seed sowing in our lives is us getting weary. And let us not be weary in well-doing. And as this church, I think it's something we've done. We've got weary in well-doing. Because he says, if you don't get weary in well-doing, you're going to reap. If we faint not. Okay? So, closing with this verse tonight. And I guess the simple essence of what I am preaching here tonight is this. If we're going to be the sower, let's be a responsible sower. Let's just don't take this word of God that God has saved us with and just so haphazardly take this word and think, oh, we had good church. Because here's the thing. We had great church Sunday, but it, who did you tell about it? You had a good Bible study at your house. I don't know if you did or not. I'm just saying for a second. You had a good Bible study. You had a good prayer meeting. You run into somebody that needed that. What you? Because here's the thing. God doesn't give us anything just for us. God doesn't pour out just a good blessing upon you, no matter what it is, just for you. Everything God does is for the kingdom of God. And if God is doing something to build us up, he's also doing something for us to be able to strengthen us to help the next person. That's how God operates. And if you're going through a trial and you're going through a valley right now, if you'll just keep your head held up and realize it's not about this world, it's about eternity, and God's going to bring me through it, and the way he's going to bring me through it, because... Hey, I know that I'm going to be made an overcomer by the word of my testimony, Jake, and I think we was preached about that not too long ago. That testimony that I got is going to be something I can use and take and share with somebody else because God is not a waster. And Hosea 10 and 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy. Then he says this, Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. And I think this is where we are right now. It is a time. We've been through a breaking time. We've been through a breaking time. God is breaking this church. He's been breaking me as a pastor anyway. 
He'd been breaking me. And you know what? I'm going to try my best. When he begins to send the rain, begins to send the revival, I'm going to break up that fallow ground. I'm going to seek God with everything I got. And I'm going to take these seeds that God, this seed that God has given me, and I want to take it out weeping as I go and share it with somebody, share the gospel with somebody. I want to not just be a sower, but I want to be that responsible sower with what God has given me. I've had too many natural gardens at my house, you can ask my family, that after a little bit of time it just becomes boring, I guess. And the weeds grow up. There's been very few times that I worked that garden all the way through. Just life gets hectic and crazy. I worked that garden all the way through the year, and it just stays beautiful. Let's be responsible with what God has given us. He's given us the greatest thing in the world. It's the gospel. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to, on on these services like this, I'm going to push us to reach because we've got to reach, folks. We can, have, we can have small groups. That's great. We're going to do it. And if we can use that to reach, that's good too. But when we get people connected and we start getting a little bit of word in them, let's be responsible with that. Let's take it farther than that. Let's take them from the connect group and say, hey, you interested in a Bible study? And then let's sit down and let's take the word. And as we begin to take that word and give them a Bible study, you know what we're doing? We're moving rocks out of the way. We're being responsible with the seed that God's given us. We're moving rocks out of the way. We're pulling weeds out of their life. We're getting the, we're getting the hard spots out of their world. We're, culti- we're helping cultivate the ground with the word of God and that, that something can begin to grow out of their life and become beautiful. That's what God's called us to do in this world is to reach the lost with the gospel. And the way we do that is with the seed he's given us, and that's the word of God. So, the sower. The sower cannot just be somebody. I mean, to really, really see something great happen, folks, I believe that we need to take responsibility for the seed that he's given us. This is it. This is precious. This word is so precious. This word is him. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This word is so, so
you run into Jim Bob. I don't know who Jim Bob is. I'm just saying. All right, you run into Jim Bob at the dollar store. You've known him for a long time. You never met him. But you feel impressed just to say, hey, would you like to come to church? And you can tell they're receptive. Boy, a little draw back, but find out his name, get him address to church, invite him to church. And then how do we how do we take responsibility for that seed that we planted? You go home. Either that night or the next morning, whenever you do your time of prayer, you begin to pray for Jim Lord, he acted like he was really interested in the church. Would you touch him? Let him go home and think about that. Let him go home and think about coming to church, God. Oh, Lord, please don't let nothing get in his way and be able to come to church Sunday. Lord, help him, God. Oh, if he's got family, let them come with him. He began to pray. He began to fast for Jim Bob. Get his number. If he don't show up, call him. It's really practical. somebody right now, maybe it's just you, you need prayer for yourself, but if not, maybe it's your, somebody's on your mind, we could just come and ask God to touch somebody that's lost. Let's cultivate this ground a little bit tonight. Let's pray for the lost in this city. Let's pray for the cold, the indifferent. Let's pray for those that's battling and struggling. Come on, folks. Let's share this message.